Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 108 of the show today. This is your host, Dave Swollum, and uh, another interview tonight. This is uh, finally me tapping back into my, my drum world here, but with someone a lot more than just drums here. We've got someone that is a creative, a builder, and a drummer bringing all of those pieces together. So we've got Kevin Feeney here from Creative Percussion. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for dealing with all my, my tech waves <laughs> that I slapped you with and you're, you're just trying to jump on the show. So thanks for, oh, for fighting you. your way through to hang with me, man. Thanks for having me. It's very cool. Yeah. So for people out there that don't know Creative Percussion, don't know you, Kevin, do you want to just run our audience through like what, what is Creative Percussion about? How did all of this happen? Pretty much, it's me and my wife. I do all of everything, <laughs> and she does all of the stuff in the office and takes care of that. Keeps me uh, in line for the most part. We make unique products using different materials. Started out with making twist rods, which were a better version, I thought, of regular multi rods that did, that just kept falling apart. And then it, you know. Beaters. I was always making bass drum beaters, and now we've morphed into all kinds of metal stuff. I've only been working with metal for a couple of years, so I was a uh, cabinet maker and uh, carpenter my whole life. So everything just kind of morphed into metal recently, and it just took off. And I'm pulling some really cool stuff out of just basic steel, which is pretty cool. So for those out there that don't speak any type of percussion talk at all because I know we've got like kind of a mixed audience of creatives out there. Kevin is a drummer, a lifelong drummer. And it sounds like you straight up started making things for yourself. You're like, hey, I want a drum beater that sounds this way or I'm sick of my hi-hat stuff falling apart or whatever. And you just had the skills to like scratch your own itch if I'm picking up what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was a kid, my dad was a drummer. So when I was a kid, he was always cleaning his drums and take care of them and, you know, customizing certain things to fit him better. And when I was 12, my brother, 12 or 13, my brother went to the dump because we used to be able to dump pick back in those days. That's how we got all of our bikes and learned how to work on bikes and stuff. And he found about 15 drums at the dump. Somebody threw away all different colors, like wow. three. Three twenty-inch bass drums, you know, four twelve-inch rack toms, and they're all different colors. The heads were smashed, and so we went and got them. And I took them all apart, cleaned everything, put new heads on them, wrapped them in black contact paper, like a glossy contact paper. That was the first kit that I really worked on. I always had drums as a kid, so that kit was kind of cool because it was really big. So we ended up turning it into a Neil Peart uh, type of setup, and my friend kept borrowing them because he didn't have drums. So we okay. called them the we called them the dump drums. And uh, <laughs> so every time he would gig out, his singer would say "dump drums, dump drums, dump drums." But oh uh, he kept he, he kept borrowing them, and I ended up selling them to him, and uh, he gigged out quite a bit with them. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, so you took some drums that you found in the dump. 
Yep. Fix them up and then lent them to a drummer. So you have someone that doesn't have drums that's using the dump drums and then buys the dump drums for you and, and like straight up just takes them to go. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I, I was his roadie for a long, you know, I go to his gigs and help him set up, you know, with my drums and stuff. And, uh, he is an amazing drummer. And now he's a, he owns his own sound company with his brother. So it was pretty cool. Shout out to Marathon Sound and Brian Callahan. He's just, he was a good friend since middle school, you know? Awesome. Also New Hampshire based? He's, we were both, uh, grew up in Salem. Oh, cool. So for those out there, I never even mentioned it. You're right out of New Hampshire. So I, I think that I found you because Jeff Beck, who was on from Exeter Drumworks, was like, hey, you should check out Creative Percussion sometime. And then I checked out all your stuff and I was like, whoa, all this is sick. And then it was like a year or something before I actually like hit you up. And I, I must have seen your stuff or something. I was like, oh, damn, I totally want to interview that guy. And then I hit you up and you're like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I remember but you're that. New Hampshire base. Yep, yep. Jeff and I... Um talk a lot we're gonna do a collaboration soon and so hard with both of us got so much going on trying to collaborate with anybody is is hard i'm not even taking any repair work or anything that's not creative percussion related um because i'm working i'm doing that you know seven days a week as it is so even if you know i'm caught up on orders there's still a million things to be made because we pretty much make all of our own parts so you know, from bass drum beater shafts to, you know, every other part is, is we make, you know, I make. So it's tough to find reliable people that want to make small quantities, you know. So I end up learning how to do it and take it on all our, ourselves, you know. So it's been a, it's been an interesting ride. We started this in 2017. 2018 was my first full year. I had my own home improvements business before that. But I also have a really bad back and knees and everything else from, you know, years of playing hockey and drums and construction. So like um, everything that could be bad for your body in one spot. Right. (laughs) So I ended up going full time and the first year was was hairy. It was, you know, it was very difficult to try to get out there and try to get people to recognize you and you know, even now, there's so many great companies out there making really great products. And it's, you know, try to stand out um, with your own style and, and, you know, not copy. I try not to follow a lot of other companies because I don't want to be that. Get in, yeah, I don't want to get influenced by them. So whatever comes to me, I, I have stuff come to me in dreams and or I'll work, have an idea and I'll do it and it doesn't work out. And I'm like, well, it's not a waste of time. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, that technique that I used to make that first one comes into play on something totally new. And mm-hmm. that product goes through the roof. So that's happened numerous times. It's been pretty cool. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's funny the way that you're talking about it. Like, I would say drummers are like, are like two different ways. Like one way is like really brand loyal where they're like, I only use this style symbol. I only use this yeah. drumstick. I only buy these kits and they're like really brand loyal. And then they're also like, they follow the sound too. Where like, if you can get that thing in front of them, I feel like people hear some things and they're like, I don't, I'm not even paying attention to brand or anything. Like I just am obsessed with the sound of this thing and I need to right. use this thing. Cause they think right. right away with how can I use this sound and this song or they like right. apply it to something. And that's like what probably gets yeah. them in. 
And a lot of our products, we are trying to replicate electronic sounds acoustically. So a lot of our metal stuff is, especially for drummers that don't want to rely on, you know, bringing some kind of effects or, or running, uh, running backup tracks or any of that, that. If they can do it by themselves sonically, it's pretty cool, you know, and to do it live yeah. and to have that option. So we try to make all of our products as versatile as possible. You know, and multi-use, you know, not just not just a stack, but a stack that you can use on your hi-hats as like a ching ring. You know, a lot of our stuff will have more than one use. And I find more uses down the road, too, which is pretty cool because I'm always experimenting in the shop. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess like I, I want to jump into like a bunch of different pieces of questions for you on things. I guess I want to first just like understand like the transition of like how we got here because 2017 is not new in the sense that you've been around from 2017 to 21. That's really good for a business. That means that you're doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's, but 2017 is kind of fresh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been making drums my whole life in 2010 or no, 2008 to 2010. I probably made. 30 snare drums. I made one wow. for Chad, Chad Smith when he was in Chickenfoot, which was awesome because he was such a big, that album was such a big influence for me. I had the Chickenfoot logo on it. I made one for Daniel Adair for the, one of the Nickelback albums because he's just a phenomenal drummer. Wow. Uh, I, I made one for Pat Torpy, who was my, one of my all time favorite drummers for Mr. Big. And then I made one for Vader because I was hanging around with Vader at the time. Uh, cool. I made a, Miami Dolphins one for a guy in Miami. Uh, made my dad a New York Jets one. I mean, a Giants one. So we did, I did some really cool wild ones. But I still, awesome. have, I still have one of the first kits I built uh, in this phase with Keller Shells. I think I built it in 95. And it went through some floods in the old house and stuff. That was the shop kit for a while. And Dang. So I, but the, my kit that I play out with is my favorite kit. It's red satin flame. My, when my dad was uh, probably, when I was young, my dad had a, a slingling red satin flame kit. So I kind of, I wanted something to be like that, you know. So that's an awesome kit. Shop kit now is just all the new products that I'm making. So all the videos that I do uh, in the shop, everything is done with my phone and one overhead podcast mic. That's it. No effects, no mixing, no nothing. So what you hear is what you get. And they Took sound me, good. I told yeah, you that I mean, on the phone. They sound good, man. They yeah, sound good. So I've experimented with a couple of other mic, like a clip-on lapel mic. and um, But this one, just for where it is in the room, just sounds good. And I just leave it there. So That's a good thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, those things are very time-consuming, trying to make videos for all the products. And then I everything is done on my phone. Everything is is mixed on my phone. I, uh, I use an app called uh, InShot for the, all the video editing and ad filters and all that stuff. Um, very simple. So I can do a, go sit down and do a video and with a new product and make, you know, edit it and have it done in 10 minutes now. So you, you like have to like to, for you, like you're t saying, like you're working seven days a week right now doing this right. stuff right now. I'm the same way where like we have a YouTube channel and it's like, people ask me what I use on it. And I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'm getting stuff where like I have this like Instagram, you guys can't see it, but Facebook, I have like this little 
stand here with a mic that I put my phone in and I get like some gimbals and I get some cool stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just my phone because I will get that done. Whereas like I know a DSLR or something, you add the mics and whatever, you can add all this stuff and it's going to look and sound better. But it's like done is better than perfect any day. Like yeah, you can only I just, do so much, you know. I don't have the time, and and you know, I have a, sh- a kit at the shop. I basically work out of a, you know, it's a two car garage. I'm working out of 625 square feet, and you know, at, and last year alone, I think we added 30 or 40 new products. And a lot wow. of the stuff, a lot of the stuff is made to order. But I, I, the way I have the shop set up, I'm able to make things very quickly. They're either in stages and just have to be assembled, but a lot of parts are could be used in many different places so that you know I don't have to have a huge inventory. And then I'm constant constantly working on new stuff. Ask, you know, you can ask anybody. <laughs> and just ask my wife if she's like, oh, no, we gotta add that to the website. And <laughs> so but it's been a good year. It's it's people have, I think, Drummers sat home and discovered new things and new ways to play and new sounds. And I think we, you know, we had a lot to do with that um, um, for a lot of our customers this past year. I bet. Yeah, people were home. Hopefully we got some drummers back because I know that we've been losing some drummers over some of the electronic music over time. So hopefully we got some good people that jumped into being drummers this year with COVID. You know, maybe they started being drummers. And then I bet you a bunch of those drummers that were at home, they're like, I've been playing the same thing forever. I like got to mix this up. I got to find new sounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it's a lot of our stuff too will make you a better drummer because they're done. You're going to play them with different motions. You're going to add different motions to your playing to get the sounds. Like we have a thing called a head scratcher. It's a, it's a metal ring with a, a, a mesh head that, and you put it on top of your snare drum and you get that DJ scratching sound. So Whoa. yeah, it's really, really cool. Wow. So, I mean, it's just different stuff, and but it's a different motion, you know. So you, your left hand has to do that, you know. It's like patting your head and uh, and your and your stomach at the same time, you know, moving your hand on your Rubbing stomach. Your so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, anyone that's played it. It's, it takes a little bit to get used to and to find that motion, which is really cool. So you better be a brush player, right? You better yeah. have already been playing brush, or else you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, it's hard. I, like I try to get it with my left hand so you have to grip the stick tight to get that that sound but to get the backbeat you have to loosen up so it's it's just a constant change of grip and motion which is really really cool but we you know had a couple of guys using the right hand for the backbeat so just the left hand was the sweeping motion which is really cool uh, one of our artists chris georgianus did an amazing video with that but finding Finding anything that any new product or looking at and say, how is this going to make me a better drummer? And I try to look at that mm. with a lot of our products, you know, like, well, how has this made me better? All of our hi-hat attachments, whether it be jingles, anything that we put on our hi-hats, I was never a, a hi-hat timekeeper. You know, that wasn't my thing. I would use it in between notes, like, you know, just a one, like a one note in between. I wouldn't keep constant time with it. Yeah, this like made, jazz players. Yeah, this has made me be a better uh, a better drummer in that aspect or using my left foot to keep time with something on it, whether it be our can shaker or any of our shaker products. We also have this really cool, it's called a rebound clutch. So it's, it's a split clutch that goes between whatever you're putting on your hi-hats. And it allows your 
that product to bounce up and down. So you could actually get 16th notes out of it, but you're only playing eighths. So you're getting that chatter back and forth. And it's, oh, uh, even when you're coming down the opposite direction. Well, if you're just keeping straight time with it, it's bouncing up and down. So like, especially that can shaker, the thing, when I designed the can shaker, I wanted, to, you could never get a shaker on a hi-hat because it was never loud enough and you couldn't get enough motion. Right. So in order to get more motion, I added the, the two spring clutches. So now that it's bouncing between the two springs, you're getting much more movement and much more sound. Wow. So it works, works for jingles, works for anything. You can get some really cool stuff with it. So how do you, so how do you, I know like it's, it's a really cool blend of your backgrounds that this kind of like formed because you were a builder. So it's like you're, you were a builder and I'm sure that there's some of your brain that's thinking about like, how do I create this thing that's not even like musical at that moment, but then you're a drummer and you've been a drummer. So you're obviously also like in your process must be thinking partially like, what's this going to sound like? And like, how do I play this? And, and there's like that whole other side of the brain. There's another total different side of the brain. How does your process work when you're like <laughs> coming up with the stuff? Is it always like, just like, messing around until things are like happening or do you have like a plan going into it you said you hear some in dreams like how what's like some yeah. of that process look like kevin uh both ways i mean i've been a carpenter and cabinet maker my whole life so i've spent you know i spent my life in hardware stores looking for certain parts for whatever i'm working on and then i'll see something else and go oh, i don't know what that sounds like or what i can do with that i'll be in a restaurant and i'll look at you know the sugar shaker or something. I'm like, that's got a really cool shape to it. <laughs> I, I want to, you know, make a shaker or something in that, you know? And are you um, ever walking around like in, like in places with the salt shakers and stuff like that? Shaking <laughs> around and people are like, what no, are I you just, doing, I Kevin? Just, <laughs> I just kind of eyeball the shape and, and sometimes I'll shake it or, you know, it's everything, not everything, but a lot of things have sound. You just have to figure out how, you know, like with shakers, uh, we'd use these plastic baseballs and putting the right material in to get the right sound. That takes, you know, there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into that to get to that point. And then some products I just think of they either come to me in a dream or I just think of it and the next day I go in or and or talking to a um, you know, this has happened a lot, talking to a couple of our artists and yeah, I'm looking for this and I'm like, oh I could do this. And I said like 10 minutes later, I went and I made it and I sent him a picture of it. And he's like, wow. Yeah, that's how our FX post started with our, um, was talking to our, one of our artists, uh, Seth. And he was looking for something. And now that's one of our, you know, our best products that you can have stuff off of your snare drum. It goes underneath a tension rod and uses our clutch and you can switch things out. And so it's a very interesting process to talk to other guys and what they're looking for. I might already have something, you know, I mean, uh, years of, you know, keeping a book uh, and product uh, ideas in my head. And I got a digital diary in my phone and pictures scattered amongst and uh, I'll work on something like our hyper bass drum beater. I bought these stainless steel spheres and I wanted to make shakers out of them. And I drilled a hole in it, put the media in. There was no sound. They sound like crap. So I was like, put them on, they sat on my bench for a year. And I looked at it, I wonder if I can make a bass drum beater out of that. And then okay. I started, you know, 
hammering it and I, I was kind of like assuming, I was like, hey, you have to be approaching this with like your drummer hat on of like, how am I going to use this to play certain rhythms and music? How am I going to use this thing? But then like your contractor hat of like all this experience you have building stuff, like how do you go about the process of coming up with these instruments and, and making these sounds? Some some are easy and some are, you know, take, you know, a year in progress. You know, you just get to a certain point. Most of the time it's, I have this idea and I won't do anything with it until it comes to the front of my brain and keeps knocking on the door and say, Hey, it's my time. It's my time. And then I'll go do a prototype. And if it's worthy, I'll keep going with it. If not, I just put it aside. And then when it comes back again, I'll work on it again. Some things will not let me go. I just, they will haunt me until I get them done. And (laughs) it's, you know, the idea of me making a gong, I never, in my lifetime would think about making a gong and the idea hit me and I'm like, I want to make one that's a hexagon shape because that's our shape. And I'm like, I'm going to call it a hexagon. And I'm like, that's perfect. And I got goosebumps, you know, and I'm like, that's cool. So then I started making some out of some of the thinner metal I was working with. And then we graduated up to, you know, different thicker metals and uh, home in the process and some pretty cool things. We got this one here. You can see it. Hell yeah. And it's got, you know, the cool colors and, uh, you know, which is a process in itself to try to pull the colors out of the metal. And that's a lot of, a lot of things is how to get from A to B. Like the first couple times I make them, they seem daunting to get the, get the product done. And then you got to figure out manufacturing wise, well, how can I streamline this? Well, let me make more. Let right. me make three or four of them so that I'm not constantly thinking about what I'm, you know, what I'm doing and, and streamline it. And even now I'm still tweaking things here and there to make them better. You know, every product that I make, cause I don't make, we don't make, you know, a hundred of anything at any time, you know, everything's, you know, like, rods will uh, right now i do like six pairs at a time and we have seven different models and sometimes most of the time we're out of them and i have to make them um but i won't make a big batch of anything um you said a lot of made to order right yeah yeah and it's it's a lot of the dowels are the same just different amounts and in the you know uh for the for the sticks but some of the other products we use a lot of the same brass in our clutches a lot of the pieces are the same that could be used in different pieces so why make a hundred of one thing that may not sell but i those parts could go to 10 of 10 different things you know what i mean so for me it's just making the process of setup and um assembly you know getting everything there that it's so it's easy you know i have 11 drill presses in the shop and they're all set up for a different process except for one 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 is uh, the biggest one, which I, I use for a lot of things. But other than that, they just stay set up. So I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to drill all these today. And, you know, where I, that time could be spent on something else, you know, that's more meaningful at that point. So, right. Yeah. I, but, I imagine like some of the, some of the things you probably find, like, like I, like me, I, I write like a lot of things for, I write the music for like intros for podcasts or YouTubers and things like that. And I remember there was one where we needed to get like this, like, it was like a, 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 it was working with like an animation. We had to like make the music with the animation. And I was sitting in my room and there were like these like 
calling hawks out our window. They like go from tree to tree and they call each other and they like follow yeah. down paths. Yeah. And I went outside. I had like an attachment with my iPad that had like a microphone and I ran down this trail and I was like following these things. Cause like I was working on a piece and I was like, these things sound like a cartoon thing, like yelling right now. They make this weird, like sound. And I went <laughs> I out and bought like the Foley and I used that to resample it in. So it's like, I imagine some of the metal things that you have, you might be like working on something or like something happens or like that salt shaker in the diner or something. You're like, whoa, what the hell is this thing? And you have to like follow that sound until you like find it or like you figure right. it out on the fly while other things are like someone's coming to you with an idea and they're like, what's this, you know, what's the solution to this problem? Or yeah. you think of something because you have done something before and you're like, wait, I've done this thing before. What if I did this other thing because this thing wasn't completed? It's got to be a multi different oh, yeah. ways you come up with stuff, huh? Some of it's like oh, yeah. pre-planning, some of it's like just on the spot. And a lot of it is, you know, I'll work on something and it, that, it just doesn't work out. It didn't sound the way I wanted it to, whatever. And I, I just leave it alone. But the process that I use to, ma- you know, bend the metal or cut the metal or do something, something always comes back and, and says, that's why you made that product it doesn't work, just so that you could figure out this process, you know? And I don't do things normal. I mean, I don't, I don't know any of the rules for metal making. So I, you know, I'm a woodworker. I treat it like wood. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, I've had some um, some machinists make some parts for me, and um, you know, and they told me the way they did it, and they, and it, you know, it didn't work for me. So I ended up making them, and they actually worked better and fit better. And knowing that I have control over it, that I can make them and adjust it as I as I go too. So you know, we do everything. We do you know the sh- I think shipping is the probably the worst part of owning a small business. Especially I can't now, even imagine. I cannot even imagine what you especially have to do now, to ship. nowadays with uh USPS is a mess. We've tried to avoid them at all costs. Um we've been using UPS a lot. Uh I just had uh, last month I just had them they crushed one of my thir- that that 36 inch gong is a replacement for one that's going out to Seattle. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Now they actually so crushed the gong. It, they bent it on two ends. Now this was in a thirty-six inch by forty-inch box, padded. It was. It had the red special uh, handling stickers on it. You Nigel. Know. Yes, the whole nine yards. Please. We we paid extra money for that. You know, uh, special shipping instructions, and they they ruined a four hundred dollar gong. Oh. Yeah, what and it caught in that instance. Did they cover uh, that for you? We're what still happens? we're still dealing with that. So yeah, so he's got a bent gong that he really can't use. So that, I'm shipping that one out to him pr- uh, probably Monday. But yeah, it, but boxing and and we do a lot of rebox. We save all of our boxes. We have our families save boxes and all of the Amazon padded envelopes we reuse those for inside uh padding and um we reuse all that stuff to save money you know because shipping's just shipping's wicked expensive oh my god you know so and we've done you know we've done a lot of international shipping we we have retailers in south korea malaysia um switzerland denmark wow there's one more 
I can't remember the other one offhand. And then we're working on one in Japan right now. So wow, pretty cool that we sell a ton of stuff. Like each each market has their niche. Like the South Koreans love our marshmallow beaters, and that's hmm. and our felt beaters. That's pretty much all that they order. Why? But they order they. I don't know. Our marshmallow beaters aren't like other bomber beaters. Ours is it's wool. If wool felt all the way to the core. Why so do you think that certain places only order certain things? Is it the style of I music just, that they're playing with it? What's going I on? I think so. And I, I don't think that they get like our, our felt beaters are so a typical felt beater is like a hamburger style. It's around this way. And you always see that they wear on the top edge, just like a regular felt. Yeah. We, we turned ours sideways so that it's always hitting the bass drum, but it's always to the rounded part so that you're never going to get that spot where it's hitting, it's always hitting the same way because it's round going forward. And people look at it and go, that makes so much more sense than the way that other companies do it. I'm like, they just wear it down. You have to keep buying them. Right. right. Uh, But it's, it, it hits better for me, I think. Cause I used to, I used to grind the front of my other beaters, my felt beaters down. So they would hit, I'd have more of a flat spot hitting. So this just makes more sense this way. And, uh, and the rest of our beaters that are, that same shape will actually rotate to hit flat. So whatever your setup is, you're you're always going to hit. You're always going to have that same impact. Interesting. Yeah, we have a beater called the. Um, it's an elite. We call it the elite beater. It's, it has isolation technology. Basically, it has an aluminum core that's has rubber around it, so it basically isolates any extra vibration that goes down through the. Uh, beater, you know, into the shaft and into your foot, because I was having really bad knee problems, and I had this idea, and I made one and tried it at a gig for sound check. I'm like, that's pretty cool, and took it off, put my regular ones on. Knee was killing me. I'm like, ah, oh, I brought those beaters, so I put it on for the last set and did the set. Got up to start breaking down. I'm like, wow, I my knee didn't bother me that whole set, and I'm oh, like. Shit. Okay, this could be, yeah, maybe just me thinking, you know, so then I tried it again. And and I'm like, yeah, it definitely works. So I got a couple other guys to try it. And they're like, definitely feel like a 30% uh, re, uh, reduction in vibration. I'm wow. like, all right, if you say so, that's cool. And then it makes me feel better, you know. That's big for um, drummers out there that have similar issues that want to keep drumming. Because music's something that you can play. It's like golf. It's like music you can play until any age so like that's probably got to be good for people that might have like issues with their legs they're like i want to drum until i'm 100 years old yeah maybe they can switch to those and like save on some of their joints that are getting smashed out there from drumming for x amount of years yeah i mean this it's knowing your body you know i mean i i've been in three car accidents i have three bulging discs i have all kinds of back (laughs) issues I've had wrist issues, neck issues. I mean, anything, anything you, you, your can body's think of. seen it, man. It's yeah. I it. mean, I've gigged with uh, a torn elbow muscle that took over six months to heal, but we were gigging full time at the time. So I couldn't stop. Um, oh, no. And that was from loading out. That was from throwing a monitor into the back of the truck after a gig and, and my elbow popped. And yeah, that was, that was bad. And, you know, getting migraines at a gig or playing, I 
played with uh, pneumonia. I played with bronchitis. Two broken ribs was probably the hardest. Yep. I broke two ribs on a job. Uh, I slipped on some icy stairs and broke two ribs. Played that weekend, went to the doctor on Monday, said, yeah, you got two broken ribs. Then went to NAM on that Wednesday. Yep. So <laughs> carrying a backpack, uh, you know, with gear in it to show people at NAM, and I go back to the room every two hours and ice. And- oh my God. You have to for this, man. I remember I, I got like seven stitches in my head on the first day of tour. And then at 2 a.m., I was getting the stitches put in and I was playing a show in another state like eight hours later or something like that. And then I've had times where I got two ribs bruised at a show in mass. And then I went down to like New York city, like the next day. And it's just like, sometimes when you're living the, uh, the gig and musician life, man, you just kind of like figure it out between whiskey and crying and just make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. We did, uh, when I had pneumonia, we were playing Nantucket Island. So we, you know, I was driving the the band truck and take the, the ferry over and the whole nine yards. And I, I ended up getting a hotel room separate from the band house because I just needed to sleep and take hot showers and, uh, do the gig and go back, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, you just, you know, you just back then there wasn't like it is now back then, you know, if, if you couldn't do a gig, there was no getting someone to fill in. It was, you know, you did the gig. Yeah. Now it's, you know, bands have all these different musicians playing. It's whoever's available and it's not a big thing anymore. But, you know, I still play with the same guys that I've been playing with, you know, since 90, uh, 93. Cool. So, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, so you're, you were a New Hampshire guy, right? I was. Yeah. Honestly, most of my life is New Hampshire. Maine, I've only been here for eight months. So where in, in uh, New Hampshire were you? Danville. It's like okay. near Kingston and Hampstead. Yep. yep. So Muggsy was my band. And okay. we, we played that whole area, Plastow and Front Row Sports Bar and all that down there. And um, I've actually worked in Danville quite a bit. Um, really? Yeah. What work is in Danville? There's no uh, work in Danville. No, I, I worked uh, a couple of houses out there. Okay, I'm working on houses. I was going to yeah. say the only business in Danville is a gas station that sells ice cream and pizza too. <laughs> no, I did a <laughs> couple of renovation jobs out there. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, you just you got to move on. You got to do, you know, I'm not one. I know when I, I know when I need to rest. Doesn't mean I always do, but I try to, you know, I mean, listen to your body. And I had chronic wrist issues for two years playing. From and, drumming, you think? From drumming? Yes. Uh, yeah. And went to uh, maybe eight doctors. I say 10, but uh, and they all told me something different from carpal tunnel to tendonitis to uh, everything. And um, ganglion cysts. Then I went to a holistic doctor. He says, yeah, you got a, a ganglion cyst on your wrist. So they call the Bible bumps. They would smash them with a Bible um, to, sm- you know, yeah. So I was. I don't also- know what that is, ganglion <laughs> cyst, but it sounds terrifying. It's it's a cyst that grows usually right here on your wrist, so that bending part of your wrist. Okay. Uh, and and I played. That's the way my motion was. So then I had to turn it over and play more sideways to get rid of that motion. But so I had the 
doctor all set up. I was going to get surgery. And I went in and uh, I said, I said, it doesn't hurt anymore. And he's like, good, because the, doc, the doctor was going to do the surgery is dead. And I'm like, okay. So oh. I guess the end of that story. <laughs> oh, my God. But, is you know, dead? I, yeah, he was, he was older. So, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, playing full time, you know, I had a lot of wrist and back issues and I have two bad knees. Both my knees are, uh, are worn out. So the patellas are worn out. So, um, Man. Getting getting out of construction was the best thing I did, uh, and getting full time into creative percussion. So it was the right time in my life to do it, and I'm grateful that I have a supporting wife and you know that a bunch of guys that really you know that believe in us. You know, so it's pretty cool. How did that transition happen, Kevin? How did you go from this construction piece into the creative percussion piece? Well, I was working with Rich Sticks. Uh, making all their beaters and um, multi-rods. And then we were doing the drum taco at that time. So I had a shop in their shop, in the mezzanine in their shop in Brentwood. And I really wanted my own thing. You know, I really wanted to be my own boss and do my own products and uh, do like I'm doing now. If I have a, a thought, make the product, make a couple of them and start selling them. And if they sell, great. You know, throw them, throw them at the wall, see if they stick. That's my yeah. philosophy, you know, get it out of my brain and into somebody's hands. So they'll tell you, they'll tell you if they like it. Right. And it's, they'll you know, tell you if they thing, find a music that it fits in. From genre. Some, some things will come back around that maybe we haven't sold much of and, or hadn't given enough attention to marketing or whatever. Or some, you know, they're always going to be there. So I ended up finding a shop close to where we live now. And uh, it's like a minute down the road, two car garage with a back room and, you know, uh, attic. And it happened to be the owner is, um, was someone that followed the band. So she was, her and her husband are always at our shows and we play their bash every year. Uh, they have this bash called Mayhem Up and Where. And, uh, so I found out it was them. They're like, of course. So it became my shop and. You know, I'm still trying to find spots because I'm I'm way I've been out of room for a long time. So I've been trying to do high shelves and you know try to keep somewhat organized. I'm kind of a messy worker. You um, kind of have to be with that type of creation where you're like, you tried those metal balls for like right. the shakers or something, then a year later you come up with a beater with it. It's like you kind of have to to facilitate that type of creation. You ha- you you, ha- you yeah. can't have it be like a straight linear line or you can't think. You know, you can't well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a visual guy. So everything has to be out in the open, whether it's on a shelf in a clear tote, I have to be able to see it. If it's in a box, then it, to me, it's gone. I might, well throw it, I might as well throw it away. So I'm talking stuff- to a man that has a whiteboard in my dining room on the mm-hmm. wall, because the only way that I'll like remember like what has to happen day to day, I straight up took a whiteboard and I have an entire wall in my dining <laughs> room. That's the only way that it works for me. And it's ridiculous, yeah. but it's like, Hey man, but you know that, you know, and that's if the it thing. works, no, it works. Knowing how you work, knowing how you, you know, I can't stifle my creativity. I can't, you know, say, no, I'm not going to work on that. And when it's, it's poking me from in, in the brain, from the inside, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's there, it just needs to be done. And I can make things a uh, hundred times faster than I could in the beginning, you know? So now it's mm. have the idea. I have the, most more than likely we have the materials in the shop hanging around or something and i make it and then then it's 
then it's a new ball game from there. It's, it's out of my brain. I can take a breath and, um, you know, if it's, takes off it takes off if it doesn't i'm fine because it's it's out of my brain i'm not a guy in your way of creating is going so that that Um, way the idea can get out of there and then if it plays it plays yeah i'm not a guy that writes things down a lot like day to day i it's i try to use my brain as much as i possibly can and remember things and not have notes um and and even in, in the band like we would we wouldn't rehearse. We would learn new songs and just show up and play them. And I would never write notes. I would just learn the song. And I, I never learned the song by playing. And I usually learned it just by listening to it over and over as I'm working because I never really had that much time to mm. sit down. Even at the shop now, I have a drum set there, but I can play it five, 10 minutes a day to make videos. And that then it's, you know, making products and orders and products. Yeah. So it's, you it's know, crazy. you got to force yourself sometimes to just practice or do something to get that. And some days I'll go and play for 15, 20 minutes and I'm like, Oh, I feel so much better. Yes. It's you crazy know? how that works. Cause like, it's like, I I'm on a, a different industry, but <clears throat> the exact same thing has happened to me <clears throat> where I started drumming in the third grade and that got me into music. And then I followed that all the way. And I was like, I want to make a career of music and I want to be an audio engineer. And that's how I'm going to do it. So now I'm an audio engineer, but now X amount of hours a day, you're sitting there processing other people's music. And then it's like, I really don't play my, I don't play the instruments nearly the amount that I used to when I was just gigging that got me into it. Right. And it's funny to like be like, you're like, like you, you straight up create percussion instruments, but you don't get to play the drums as much as you used to. Before you created percussion, it's, it's so funny, man. So funny. Yeah, it's a I weird mean, I industry. was I was never a big practicer, anyways. Um, it was more of a just to sit down and play. I never really. I'm just not that type of person. I'm not a schooled person. I didn't do well in school. The only thing I did well in school is was all my elective classes: building trades, electronic, screen printing. All those classes I took. And I've used every one of those. I, I was a screen printer when I got out of high school. Uh, I did tile for a couple of years. And then, you know, because he liked my, my woodworking. So I would do a lot of the um, transitions, the oak transitions and all that. So I always used all of that stuff, you know, electronics, you know, always taking apart stuff and you yeah. know, resoldering or fixing or, you know, it's always got to get done. So, you know, I know, I know how to do electric and I know how to do plumbing. So being a homeowner too, I got my... I had my first home when I was like 21. It was a mobile home. Had to redo the whole thing, you know, made all the kit, the kitchen cabinets from scratch, all the woodworking and, wow. you know, and I, yeah. So full-time job doing that and being in a band at that time was, uh, was difficult. I, I align with so many things that you're saying, man, I'm renovating 6,000 square feet of an old farm up here into a recording studio and like Ooh. an Airbnb in our living space. But I'm also running this podcast running my audio business and then working another job and I'm, I'm dying here. Yeah, I'm, it's crazy. I, I'm slowly my life force is being sucked <laughs> apart into like a, a shriveling thing. So like, I, I know that life that you're talking about. That's crazy. Yeah. And trying to make sure that you're present, whatever, like this now you're present in this and you're not thinking about your barn or, you know what I mean? That that's, that's a tough, that's a tough rope to walk. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll find myself somewhere else. If I'm, 
grocery shopping or something and I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, so how am I going to make that? Or, you know, I got to make that jig to make this product or whatever, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly somewhere else, you know, you walk the cart to the wall or something like that. <laughs> no, nah, I just, you know, it just, again, uh, I try not to rely on grocery lists as much as I can too, just to try to try to remember things. But, um, you know, knowing yourself is, is the, is the first step because once you know what you can do and then you push beyond that, you know, and I've done that. I never thought I would work with metal and now I'm, I love it. And I never thought I would be making gongs, you know, and I love the sound of them, you know? So yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's really, you, you do make your own choices and, and you're, you know, creating, create your own path. And our path has been, you know, work hard, work hard, work hard. and Try to get to, you know, we have big plans. We plan on moving shop to Arizona, to the desert. Really? Because oh yeah, we hate we hate the we hate the snow. Oh no! Oh yeah. So yeah, we have wow. pl- plans okay. on um, moving and and eventually ha- having like a wellness center where, um, you know, people can come and do drum circles and mm. all kind all kinds of stuff. Um, giant plans and and we just you know getting there is 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 a battle you know and and but it's a good plan for us because it's it integrates um a lot of like drumming injuries and music injuries and people will be able to come for retreats and and all kinds of cool stuff like that so holistically yeah we don't we're very you know of the mind that you know your body can heal itself you just have to you know, find the right things and the right mindset as well. So honestly, like with that type of beater that you were saying that like reduces stress on knees and stuff, it's like, that's pretty great that you're also thinking about creating a community of like self healing through mind as well as physical. Like it's two different ways of kind of like melding yeah. that community well, into these things that could be healing. Sound healing is huge. I mean, just these gongs affect people you know the sound of a gong and the sound of bells and certain frequencies um you know tuning whether it be tuning forks or bells any kind of frequencies tune into a different you know singing bowls yeah we have singing bowls gongs the gongs are just powerful you know and you get that gong roaring and you feel it and it's just a, it's just a really cool effect and every morning we have one set up at the house here every morning i walk by it and i give it a tap with the, with the side of my fist and it just whoa which is it's just the coolest feeling you know and That's to know that cool. i made that you know it's pretty cool it's extremely cool it's like when i'm like focusing in on um some of these sounds for when people want to brand something when you're talking about like how do we make like a feeling it's like okay well what's your what what feeling are you trying to make it's like all of these instruments to me create that feeling like if you're happy it's like okay maybe the bells are coming in or if you want you want zero bs it's like all right maybe the bells are bells are going out a little bit because the bells can be a little bit dreamy and it's like all these things that we we take we don't think of that way when we're talking about brand or talking about like how do we define something by sound it's like okay well all of these things make you feel that way because they have a actual effect as that sound those sounds make you identify entirely with a feeling Right. People don't realize that or take it for granted or don't think about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so between, you know, music is, is, is hugely 
therapy for a lot of people, you know, and just think of, you know, say, you know, we grew up eighties had awesome music and you hear a song now and you get the, love this song, you know, and you instantly get a smile and maybe get goosebumps. I get goosebumps when I think of a, a new product and I'm working on it and I, it's coming out. This is exactly what I thought, you know, and I get really excited, you know, and, and I get that, or even just talking to someone and I'm like, I know I can help this person find this sound. Mm. And I, you know, I, I rack my brain and I'm like, all right, give me, give me a day or so. And, and I go and I make something like, yes, that's exactly it. All right. You know, and then got it on to the next one, you know, right. (laughs) It's just, it's for me, that's, that's my, you know, my niche, you know, and, and I, as a kid, I wanted to be on the cover of Modern Drummer. Mm. Now that I'm older, you know, we were lucky enough to have a couple of our stuff uh, reviewed and now we're going to full page ad. So that's like my, my older that's um, cool as hell. accomplishment, you know, that's so, cool as hell. Yeah. Well, we had the, um, the first one, I sent a nine inch hex stacks down to, Mike Dawson, who is the, one of the main guys that does reviews and from Mondra, an amazing player. He likes the weird stuff. So I send him all kinds of videos of our stuff. And so I sent him a stack and it was the next day he was going to do a clinic and he brought them and he added it in his clinic. And he goes, I got a lot of people asking about those. I'm like, and this is when I first started, started making them. I'm like, cool. And uh, so they ended up doing a review and I got a call right after that came out from uh, Daniel Delareos from Zach Brown. Um, okay. He's a percussion, okay. percussionist from Zach Brown. He said, Hey, I really like, you know, the looks of those stacks. And, you know, and we just started talking and I ended up sending him my personal set of 16 inch, which was my favorite sound. Cause they were, they're holy. They just very washy, but really trashy. We sounded amazing. And mm. he, he's, he's, he, he, played him and he goes there's nothing like having some hit something that sounds like a million dollars you just want to keep hitting it over and over again i'm like can i use it can i use that as a quote he's like sure wow man what what a feeling you must have gotten from that yeah it was it was very cool so i did some custom stuff for him and um you know i had a few people contact me like bigger players but the problem is is they're all endorsed out with you know their companies and those contracts don't allow them to do a lot of stuff that's similar like somebody that has a a drumstick endorsement you know also has rods and bass drum beaters more than likely so they can't use that you know or they can use it but they can't say anything type of thing so our artist program is not a contract as a drummer you should be able to use any product that suits your needs that gets you the sound the feel that you want without being bound by a contract so wow. it's an artist program it's not an endorsement program we and you know we basically help each other out you know we promote them they promote us we don't have to babysit you know the guys that want to be here will be here they will do the promoting you shouldn't have to force them to you know hey your contract says you have to you know promote and do this the guys that want to be here will be here and the guys that don't then we'll, i mean you know even don't in this, even in this instagram live chat kevin people like while you were like doing your tech work and stuff i've had i don't know how many of you people out there like probably like 
10 different people being like, Hey, this place is awesome. I'm trying to promote it down in Pennsylvania. I'm trying to promote it here, I'm trying to promote it there. I got into this during COVID and I love the sounds and trying to let people know about it. You have people advocating for the brand and it sounds like they're not even any type of, uh, any type of like extra connection. They're just customers that are advocating for your brand. So it's like, that's awesome. I love that yeah. attitude that you have of just like, you, you have the choice and like, <clears throat> You know, you'll advocate for us if you want to advocate for us, and that's such a transparent, refreshing vibe. From some of the some of the drum brands out there, are just like really, I don't know. Th- this community is a different type of community, and and it's just not the one to be kind of steamrolling in. Like we're a very weird crowd, us drummers, and it's. The, the, I think I like. I really like your attitude and take on it of just being like, listen, we're here for you to make these things, but like if you want to advocate for us, then you will. And that's such a fresh take instead of trying to steamroll anyone into forcing them into a way. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not how I would want to be. And and as a drummer, I don't, you know, I don't want to have to only use one company, you know, or one particular brand. If they don't have what I'm looking for, for something, you know, if, get it. yeah. And we have a lot of guys come to us and say, Hey, can you make, Suts and shuts, you know, like this other brand. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to copy anybody. Maybe I can do something that has that sound that's in our flavor. Sure. But I'm not going to copy anybody directly. Uh, That's just not my thing. There may be similarities. Obviously, I had a couple people approach me and say, Hey, this product is a lot like my product. I didn't even know their product existed. And I'm like, so what happens? I mean, there, I, I'm not the only one that has ideas, you know, and I can write a chord. I can write a song that's, you know, one, four, six, one or whatever. I can write a song and someone can say that I, I copied their song and you're just like, right. Right. And so we know it's man. Like we, we try to stay, you know, unique. There's things I just pass on that I won't make at this time. And, you know, I'm trying to keep our unique nature and, um, you know, and satisfy other, I mean, there's a million great symbol companies out there and I don't want to make symbols, traditional symbols. We're making steel symbols now with different shape to them and totally different sound. Not tradi- If you're looking for a traditional sound, you're not going to like those. But if you're looking for that industrial or trashy sound for certain things, like I want to get into soundtrack writing. I want to do uh, a lot of soundtrack stuff with all of our all of our products, you know, and, um, that would be awesome. What people can use the samples in writing, like, like when I'm well, writing some too. of these things, you can use the samples for things. Those as well. Yeah. We want to cool. do a, we want to do a, we've uh, started a program called the CP loop library. So it will be any of our artists that record basic loops with using CP products that we want to have a library that people can go and either purchase. And we haven't figured the end game out yet, but basically have all, just all CP products. I mean, we make, uh, there's probably a hundred products on our website right now. I mean, so there's, you know, there's all different textures and sounds and different things. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something that we, we started. It's just so much to do and we don't have, we're not that technical. So maybe that's something that you might be able to help us out with and partner up with us, you know? Yeah. So that would be kind of cool. That's so cool. Cause some of your sounds, like obviously you're making one of a kind sounds. Right. I'm I'm thinking right away when you're saying like industrial, I'm like, okay, like there's so many sample 
libraries that I use when I want like that industrial machine feel or I want something that's colder or whatever to attack yeah. stuff. And some of your samples, if you're a drummer that becomes any of these traits that is using software instruments, then it's like, and you use, you make a lot of things that emulate software instruments, you said too. So it's like, that's, yeah. that's such a cool place for you to be in. Yeah. That it's, it's a total different world, even. Well, you know? and especially for acoustic gigs, you know, where you're not, maybe not miking stuff, but you, you, you know, you want to have a hand clap sound or you want to have, a certain short attack with, you know, a small set of stacks or it's infinite. You just got to put your brain to it and say, you know, how can I get that sound without being, you know, electronic, you know, and, and that's really, you know, by adding different textures and layers and, and chains and different things, that's how we come up with all these different things, you know, and it'll make you a better drummer, you know, because you're, when you have a new sound to play with, and, and especially if you're using stuff, I use a lot of stuff that bounces. So, you know, it's just barely touching the drum, like a, a small cymbal or something on the snare drum. So you hit it, but it's bouncing off of the drum. So you've got to play mm. to that bounce. Control. Yeah, that'll make you a better drummer. And there's, there's so many things um, that I've done that nobody's seen. And I have, you know, three or four uh, really big game changer products that I've been sitting on for three years because I want to get them patented before I do anything with them. So I don't know what, you know, patenting takes money and, you know, uh, most of the stuff creating is, is not, this will take a lot more money to produce and make, but it's a game changer, you know, and I've tested it in the studio and, crazy like even bass drum beaters you shouldn't have shared that here now i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be up every night and be like (laughs) (laughs) but even like bass drum beaters you know they all give you a different feel sound and attack and so i took it one step further and i took all of our bass drum beaters into a studio and we did you know the line graph of frequencies that each one produced so we did four hits with each one and took the average and I printed them all out, took pictures of the screen, printed them all out. And you can see the different, uh, you know, some produce a little bit, you know, uh, some more lows, uh, just the frequencies were different. None of them were exactly the same. And it was, it was pretty cool to see that I'm hearing that and now I can actually see it. You know what I mean? I'm a super nerd and any of those graphs, I'd be like, that's really friggin' cool. I'd be it was so, really I'd be cool so about that. Yeah. If I can find the pictures, I'll send them to you. Uh, if not, I have the actual pictures like plastered to my wall at, at the shop. So like when um, you buy microphones, they come really like the higher end microphones. They'll come with a frequency response graph of that microphone of what things it favors. So, hmm. you know, when you're putting that microphone on things, right. what is this mic going to like really like hyper focus on? So I know like what it's up to, what it's thinking basically when I'm putting it right. on each instrument. So like that stuff about like when you're hitting your different beaters to see like what frequency response is this creating, that makes my producer hat. Like I, I totally, I totally see that as a producer choice of like you have these different types of beaters and uh, you know what type of song and genre and everything that you're going right. for and you're choosing strategically like, okay, we're going, that's, that's probably why you have, you know, certain countries that pick Right, one beater head that they use because they're playing a certain style live with drums right now. Yeah, I think the, that frequency response is so cool. I think the South Korea because they do all of um, 
all the felt and the marshmallows, the soft. I think they're playing a lot of wide open drums, uh, maybe with no ported front head. That's the vibe I get. Um, and they want that big, big sound. And we sell a ton of the Nashville, um, the drum supply in Nashville sells a ton. I just, they just place another order for, for more of the marshmallows today. And, um, really? we, they, they sell more of our stuff than all of the stores in the, and all of our other stores in the U S unbelievable. Yeah. Andy knows how to, he knows how to sell our stuff. And so Nashville is big on the drum taco which is a dampening for your snare drum uh, that you can flip on and off. They're big on the marshmallow beaters, and now they're big on the stacks, uh, selling a lot of the hex stacks and um, a lot of that stuff over there. So I can't wait to go out and see everybody in August, and we're going to have a big dinner with all the artists that come out. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's going cool. to be cool. Well, I'm, I'm trying to make it so that I can turn a friggin barn into a studio. So it's taking every dollar I have before I can even buy a sock. But one day I'll have your stuff in my place, man. You, you, you have my, have my business when I can afford some cool. drums past just building some shit. So. <laughs> so you should have, uh, if you got any leftover barn, barn wood, you should have Jeff build you a snare drum, stave drum out of some of that barn wood for that barn. I may or may not have hit him up three months ago and asked that question. <laughs> I was like, yeah. hey, man, what are the odds of you being able to take some wood from an 1850s barn and turn it into a snare drum for me that I can play in the studio when it's done? He's like, yep, 100%. I yep. was like, awesome. man, man, I have to, I have that's, to. That's so cool. <laughs> It'll be crazy to play that history right in the space. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. All right, man. Well, I've had you for a long time. I've got five questions that I end the episodes with. Can I hit you with those five and then I'll let you stop worrying sure. about tech and go back to making cool things and be left alone? Sure. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a, a shot of tequila after this. So, Someone mentioned it when you said that you were going to move to Arizona. They said there's more options than tequila out there. So yeah. Maybe, yeah, we, maybe they knew at heart you were a tequila guy. Oh, that's... I think everyone knows that's pretty much all we drink, so... Oh really? All right. Yeah. Well, before all right, I'm gonna add a sixth question then. What's your favorite tequila and why? Um, I would have to say there's a lot of them that we really love, but my personal favorite is probably Casa Noble Anejo, and it's Carlos Santana's brand. It's organic. The Anejo is just got it's sweet but not too sweet. Like some of them are, like the extra Anejo is a little overly syrupy. Um. You know, we've had some really expensive stuff that doesn't compare to some of the $30 bottle stuff we drink, you know? So it's just a matter of preference. But the organic stuff is, you know, the more organic, the better. But the taste is awesome, you know? And they're all refined. They're all made a little bit differently. There's three different ways to make it. So um, pretty cool. We're we're very vested in the uh, tequila community. Okay. Two years ago, I tracked... uh... Santana's conga player Michael Carabello in Mass. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's a, he's a monster player. So that yeah. was cool. Uh, I will awesome. try that. I will try that tequila. I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> cool. All right. So first question of the normal five that I do is, what makes it so that you wake up every day and do this versus any other thing that you could do in the world? Why do you do uh, this every day? I love it. I mean, this is my passion. I mean, from a kid being a drummer till now and I'm still playing and I'm still always creating, always making stuff. 
you know, and as a carpenter, I was that creative carpenter. You know, I was the one that people asked me, you know, I wish I could do this. I'm like, I can do that. I'm like, you can. I'm like, and I would do 10 more suggestions and I'd be there for a month, you know, and that's, you know, the specialty custom stuff is where I started. And that's basically uh, now I'm just doing it for myself and hope, you know, other guys liking it, you know. So cool. It's just like a natural progression of like what, of everything that, like a culmination of everything that you've been about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It sums me up. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, if you look up the definition of a cancer, which is I was born July 1st, I am the epitome of a cancer, sensitive, creative, um, you know, the whole nine yards. And that's took me forever to figure that out. You know, that, that I was ruled by the moon and, you know, that's why I'm moody and, you know, just, Stupid stuff, but you know, stuff you wish you knew when you were younger. So you, maybe you would be further along in life uh, when you're older, you know? Yeah, that stuff is legit. Yeah. All right. So what would be along the way, say you could take the lesson that you learned and give it to someone. What's the worst thing that you've done along the way where you're like, I learned a lot from this, but like, I wish that I didn't have to deal with this thing along the way because it kind of sucked. Oh, God. Um just be more open-minded. When I was younger, I thought I knew it all, you know, and that's, I mean, I probably did. No, um, you know, you think, <laughs> you, <laughs> you think you know it all, and you know, and, and my biggest thing is don't listen to other people telling you what you, you can and cannot do. You know, I, I, they're basically putting you in a box and saying, you know, just because like the machinist thing that we went over, you know, the machinist, um, that didn't want to make one of my parts because he said it was difficult. Right. I make I make it on, a, you know, I'm making it on a drill press and it's not that difficult and it it just works for me. So I'm fine with that. But you know, don't don't listen. Just work hard and and you know, do what makes you happy. If this makes me happy, so I it's worth getting out of bed every day. You know, mm. I love that. Flip side of it, even though that that was like an extremely positive thing to say anyway. <laughs> Flip side would be, uh, what's the best thing you've done along the way? What's like, you're like, damn, this is the best idea I've ever had. Product wise or a life wise, I would say marry my Up wife. To you. Up to you. Okay. Yeah. I also I, agree with that. My, my life turned around when I met her and that's where basically we started creative percussion together. Um, and she's a huge part of this. So I would say that would be that as product wise. Drum Taco is it's just such a simple product, but it works great. And, you know, we're, everything's made in-house. And, you know, my wife taught me how to sew. So I get to sew them and she finished sews them. And it's just a cool thing, you know, to be able to make anything that anything I think of, I can make. I, that's the most positive thing I could think of. You know, mm. it's just whatever comes out, knowing that I can make it, it's pretty cool. That is a... Like this podcast is so centered on creativity and like creation. It's very broad where the way, the way that we talk on it, where like I truly believe that everyone's a creator in some capacity. Yeah. And uh, it's just different how that outputs, but it's like, that is such a cool thing to feel to be like, whatever I think I create, just Mm -hmm. that statement alone is, is a great feeling to have what I think I create fact. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome to get it from brain to actual product is a pretty cool process, you know, and, and it takes no time at all anymore before it was, you know, 
with all the self doubt and, you know, should I do it? I don't know. I'll keep putting it off, going to something else. And now I just, you know what, just do it. Do it and see what happens, right? Yep. Yep. You can either make it into something else or make it a piece of art, throw it on the wall or just not use it, you know, but at least getting to that point, you've used, you're honing your skills as you're making this so that the next time you make something, your skills are that much further along, you know, and, mm. you know, I've, my skills are, are a hundredfold since we started this business. And you then know? if you throw out the piece of metal, it's like it helped you create a skill that made it so you can make the next thing. So like, why would yeah. you do it? And nothing is a waste. You know, if it's no right. process is a waste because you've learned something from it and you've learned maybe what not to do. You know, I yeah. learned real fast to wear gloves when working with metal. Fair. Cut my hands pretty bad in the beginning. Uh -oh. um, yeah. So I go through a lot of gloves, you know, and I've learned the, what order to do stuff in so that I don't have parts spinning out of my hand and cutting my hands open. And so sure just learn. Pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. What would be a resource that you recommend to the audience? So it could be based off of the things that you do, could be off of mindset, business, the, Percussion, anything. What's like a what's some resources? Could be books, videos, websites. What's a resource you recommend or a couple? I do um, a lot of frequency healing. Um, uh, go on YouTube and there's basically you can listen to these different frequency musics. Uh, mm -hmm. Music. Some are for you know for all. The, as a human, we we resonate at between I think sixty and seventy hertz. So certain frequencies are going to resonate more with your body, you know, and some people are, you know, if they believe in that, uh, have felt it. And, but having that music play with your earbuds on while you're relaxing and it just, it's turning, it's like an internal massage for me. It's, it's, it's basically my body is being tuned from the inside. You know, I can't explain it fully, but I know that it really helps me, you know, well, it's funny that you say that. Like, I haven't looked too far into it, but there's a lot of self-help books out there that talk about how the way that you see things and say it in like the amount of times that you say it to like really believe it to reset subliminal things changes the vibration that you're on, which aligns you with things that you're trying to happen. But vibrations are frequencies they're happening yeah. at a certain so it's like all that stuff it's like i don't i haven't gotten into a ton of it all that stuff it's like i don't i don't know anything about it but like i don't discount any of those things that are like that because it's like there's something there's something happening with the way that we react to things like you can't uh -huh. be naive to the fact that the humans just react to certain frequencies and certain things like when you're at a concert and you hear like a sub drop and you like feel yeah. it yeah you feel those low hertz we're reacting to that. The crowd freaks out. They're like, what is happening? They're like ready yeah. to go. We react to things and those yeah. things, you can't discount that something's happening. So yeah. especially, I, the, I don't know, uh, I don't get it, but I totally yeah. get where you're coming from, man. I, I, don't, I don't discount it at all. Especially the brown note, uh, the really low note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone reacts to that one. The brown note. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. This is the easiest one, man. Where do people keep up with creative percussion, Kevin Feeney, and what you're up to. Where do people keep up with you? Uh, they can go to creativepercussion.net. Uh, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, I think we do better than Facebook for sure. 
we started Instagram, I think a year later and we have more followers on Instagram, um, than we do on Facebook. So it's a different, I think it's a different culture. It is. Instagram's more about not crap talking anybody just either like something or you don't. Um, Facebook is a lot of snide comments and people putting each other down. And that's pretty hard to take sometimes, you know, especially yep. when they're pu- putting my products down. And I'm like, oh, just because it's not for you doesn't mean it sucks, you know? And it's because like, because it doesn't work in this genre doesn't mean right. that it's not a good thing in this right. genre. So, like, why are we just saying this is yeah. not good? Yeah, it's, I'm thin skinned. So sometimes I have to really just step away from something. And, but if somebody's just, looking for a fight, you know, I just, I don't, I I don't like those type of people, you know, there's no need of it. There's enough hate in the world. We don't need, you don't need it over somebody's ability to play drums or the products that they use or, you know what I mean? I do. I'm on social. I mean, like I'm on, I, I live stream every week. I have the podcast. I'm on every stinking social and there's a lot of amazing stuff that's come out of it. Like I meet people like yourself. I meet people like through the social that hit me up and, and let me know about their life. And like, it's been an absolute gift, but also there are days where you get burnt where you're just like, damn man, like we weren't even talking about that thing. Like, why do you hate me for no reason? Yeah. You're like, what, yeah. What's wrong? This guy, like, I feel so bad because like someone who reaches out and hits on things like that, like, something's not good for them and something's right. making it so that they got to tear some stuff up to feel better. And it sucks to yeah. see that, but it doesn't mean that you don't see it and also be like, damn, like I'm all sad. Like, come on, man, like leave me alone right now. You know? So yeah, yeah. No, there's some days where I just, I just have to shut the phone off and, and it's not derogatory stuff about me. It's just about people in, in general. general. And you can't even as fast as you scroll, you can't, you can't unsee it. You know, it's there yeah. and it's, you know, it affects you, you know, and negative negativity really affects a lot of people more than, you know, because there's so much of it out there that you're like, I can't believe that person said that about that person or, or, you know, made fun of that little kid or something stupid, you know, and you're yeah. like, yeah. Well, but, real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to end this out here, but on a positive note from what we were just saying, I've got, let's see, sorry, I don't want to butcher this on you, Ben. Ben I Y Frick Percussion said had 15 drummers all from different artists loved your products, thought they were so innovative. So you've got some positive social right there saying 15 cool. different people Thank you. yourself is super innovative, man. So cool. On a on a positive note. So Kevin, creative percussion. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank, Thank you. you for uh, letting me christen you on the <laughs> first podcast journey of your life, nice. man. I hope you have a bunch of other ones that you get to talk on your stuff on. But yeah, this is thanks a blast. for being here. Bless. Appreciate it.